Hey everybody, this is Mark Danzi, and I want to say again, thanks for listening to the 419 Disciple Makers podcast. If you're listening to this, it's because you're interested in being all that God has uh, created you to be, to grow into the fullness of Christ. And every year we have a conference here at Mount Pisgah, and this year our conference is Empowered, Grow into the Fullness of Christ. And we want to invite you to be a part of this. Uh, Stephen Machia will be here, he'll be our presenter, he's a conference speaker, a ministry coach, a spiritual director, and it's going to be Friday, August 23rd. 7 to 9 p.m. and Saturday, August 24th, 9 a.m. to noon. So often we are working and volunteering and serving, and it actually can leave us exhausted at the end of the day, but this isn't the kind of life that the Lord envisioned for us. Actually, our serving, our working should be a fulfilling, enriching experience. You can go to our website uh, and get more information, mountpisgah.org backslash empowered. We really hope to see you there and uh, join us as we get empowered. In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. And now back to our conversation with Heather Jalad. This church being on the fringe of society, that intrigues me when you say that. Um, what role do you see the church playing in the world being on the fringe like that? Yeah, how do, we, how, do we, how do we move ourselves and engage the culture more so to bring us back to the center as a church? How do we move into the center and engage the culture more? There are so many great things happening in our communities that we have compartmentalized into um, this is a community event and then this is a church event. How can we come alongside and introduce Jesus into spaces where Jesus is already? You know, it's like I, I always think it's funny when people say, well, we took God out of the schools. Well, are there not believing people yeah. still in schools? Are there not people that pray still in schools? How are we continuing to pray in and for our schools? Right. And how are we continuing to live as those witnesses and those um, with our, our living testimony in our school systems, which I know so many, um, so many educators that do and are, and yeah. I give thanks to God for them. Um, yeah, it's kind of offensive to Christian teachers to think. I, I know, think so too. Somehow we were able, strong enough to take God out of that that scenario, right? No, God's everywhere, right? In every, right. in every. And how, so, how do we help people see that? I guess is the point. How do we? Well, you did that though at the last church that you were pastor. Mm-hmm. I know um, you started a thing called Dinner Church. Mm-hmm. What? Tell everybody what Dinner Church is. Yeah, so Dinner Church is a part of the the Fresh Expressions movement. Um, the Fresh Expressions movement began in the the UK uh, about uh, two decades ago, and it began in response to something called the Mission Shaped Church Report. And that report was done um, in response to the decline that they saw in the church in the mm-hmm. United Kingdom and really in the Western world. And how do we address this problem? How do we um, adjust this trend of decline and, um, and in it, at, at the very least, even it out. Um, and so they began to look at what contextualized church looks like. How do we meet people where they're already gathering? How do we meet people in the regular rhythms of their lives mm-hmm. and point out where God is working and introduce them in, into that, that saving relationship um, with Jesus, with God through Jesus Christ? And so what they've seen is that they have seen the church begin to rebound in its decline um, and begin to grow uh, disciples of Jesus wow. by virtue of this particular approach. So these these uh, 
ancient churches, so to speak, these old huge churches mm-hmm. that were built that used to be filled. You, I know you, now in Europe, they're actually museums. They're museums. They have more people visit as museums. I mean, you could have thousands of people yeah. come through as a museum, and then on Sunday morning, you go to worship, and there's 12 people there. That's fascinating. Yeah. And, and you said 20 years behind the yes. U.S., so, so to yes. speak. So a lot of these large steeple churches that you see around, even in the U.S., mm-hmm. are going to be that way as well. I don't know that yes. they're going to get a lot of museum traffic. <laughs> right. But the fact that this new concept, this new paradigm of church. So um, were you inviting them to the church to have dinner? Is no. that what dinner church no. is? No. It's a very much about going to where the people are. So a big part of this particular expression of church um, grew out of relationships that we had already in our community. Mm. So the, I guess you could call it the life cycle of a fresh expression begins in um, listening to your, your community and understanding what the needs are in your community um, and and coming alongside those needs, really understanding your community, not saying, here, I've got all the answers before you even know what the questions mm, are, boy, which is that, one of my, my favorite proverbs. He who, answers, he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. <laughs> I can't remember which proverb that is, but that's it's mm. 29-something. But... Um, But yeah, so listening and then loving and serving. And so a big part of my role in my previous appointment was that I um, engaged in mission in the community. And so loving and knowing what those needs were uh, and where we could come alongside folks and then loving and serving them. So Mm. listening, loving, serving, and then building that community. And so we had two existing relationships that really kind of were the impetus for um, dinner church uh, beginning, and that was a uh, food pantry that was birthed out of the church and some of the the members of the church a couple decades ago, and then a relationship with an elementary school in the community that had the f- uh, highest free and reduced lunch in the county, which was a 90% um, free and reduced lunch wow. ratio. Yeah. So a real food instability there mm-hmm. and a great relationship with the um administration of that school and you know it's it's trite because people say it so often but you know people don't care what you know until they know that you care mm-hmm. well we had a five-year relationship with them where they knew we cared where we were mentoring and tutoring and volunteering in classrooms and special events for this school so we had really built relationships mm-hmm. same thing with this particular um food pantry a big um, financial supporter as well as a support uh a volunteer supplier for this particular pantry. And so really what happened was we had a conversation, I had a conversation, God just really laid it on my heart after hearing Verlin Fosner, who who started the whole dinner church movement in Seattle. Oh, cool. Um, I heard him speak at a new room conference that, that Seedbed, which came out of Asbury, um, mm-hmm. their publishing company held, and heard him speak about that and knowing the food instability. And, you know, I have this other part of my story where I was a, um, I have a culinary arts degree. I was a personal chef for a while, more than Fairs. a decade. Some news we didn't know. Yeah. So I know that something significant happens when you share a meal with someone. There mm. is a depth um, to the conversation and the connection that comes that that can't come in um, in any other uh, venue or any other kind of atmosphere. So um, I approached the principal of this school and said, "Here's a thought," and I was fully sure she was going to say no um, because that's, I mean, church and school. What you know? Yeah, separation. <laughs> But she said, this sounds like a great idea. I'm going to talk to the county about it and just get their okay. We got the okay. 
We launched a Douglasville Dinner Church in January of 2018 in the school cafeteria. We brought in round tables and tablecloths and banquet like a a very nice meal. This is wow. not a soup kitchen type situation. This is like a wedding reception type wow. situation where we really honor the the sacred worth of our guests and everybody that that participates. So everybody coming it feels special. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and then in in the dinner church environment there is a um, a story from Jesus's life or a parable that Jesus told shared and then there's conversation around the tables about that story and you know what does that mean for us and how do how you know how do we relate to what's being talked about and just trying to draw those connections while building relationships around those tables. Wow. So we celebrated uh we're about uh, 19 months in now to Douglasville Dinner Church and going strong. The 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 church is now meeting in a um in the food pantry space oh, okay. for logistics and um just the the feel of the space, the food pantry um, felt a bit more in- intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little too intimate now because there's so many people coming. <laughs> so beyond the uh, the people coming to eat and a mm-hmm. parable and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, what did you see personally mm-hmm. uh, that told you this was the right, this is the next phase of the church. This is what we're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. Well, I think, I mean, frankly, you know, I don't know if or how my husband ever would have gotten connected to the church if it wasn't for um I, for for everything that happened in our lives that got us back to the church. Hmm. You know, I don't I don't know how he would have been connected. I don't know, you know, I think I have concerns about my children ma- maintaining their connection to the church throughout all of their lives. I think that mm-hmm. we I think all of us have people in our families that for whatever reason, are not connected, don't have that living relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And we can't, There, I think that most of us would say there's nothing we wouldn't do that would that would prevent, that would keep us from connecting them somehow. You know, right. what are we willing to give up so that they can be connected? And right. for some of us, one of the exercises we do in, um, in Fresh Expressions workshops and stuff is what is church? We do a whole, we have a whole list of things and what we call church, mm-hmm. and which ones of those things are we willing to give up to be church for someone who would never walk in the doors of a oh, traditional model of church? And right. so I think the, the, the reason that I continue to do and I'm so passionate about what, I, what I'm doing is I want to connect more people. To the, to, I want more people to have what I got. Mm-hmm. And... I think we do, the statistics tell us that about 70, 17% of the people in our communities are engaged in traditional forms of church. 17%? 17%. That is it. Wow. That's in the Bible Belt. <laughs> and that is in the Bible Belt. <laughs> yeah. So about 20 or so percent of people in our communities say that they go to church on a regular basis, but they don't. Yeah. Regular basis, meaning once a month. Yeah. And then there's another 20% that say they actually would come to church if someone invited them. So oh, that okay. invitational um, that invitational culture in a church is super important. We can't diminish the oh, power yeah. of that. You know, I'd say that every single guest we've had on here, I don't know, 20, 25 different episodes, mm-hmm. it seems like everybody's story included somebody invited them. Yeah. 
It's like that is the one common thread here that it takes a personal invitation. And I hear that it's not just one personal invitation. I hear more and more that it, I think it's like six or seven times is like the <laughs> magic number. So what beyond the fact when you feel like a pest, yeah. you have to keep asking. Don't give up. Yeah, don't give up. Don't exactly. Give up. It's, it's 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 persistence. Now you are, um, you, what's interesting about you is that you're serving a local church part-time. Mm-hmm. But you're also serving through Fresh Expressions UK mm-hmm. and the U.S. team, and here in the North Georgia area as mm-hmm. well. Um, what are you? What would you say to a past? Let's say that there's a uh, person out there that's deeply involved in their church. Mm-hmm. They're struggling to see how God is moving, and they're praying that God will move. And they feel like they we need to do something different. Mm. What would you say to that person? Man, I would say pray about that. I would prayer was such a huge part of getting the dinner church in Douglasville off the ground. We began praying about what that looked like, praying for the the workers for the fields. You know, in in Luke in Luke and in Matthew's gospel, um, we're told to ask the Lord of the harvest. Yeah. We're told to we're told to ask the Lord of the harvest for the workers and that the harvest is plenty. The other part of those percentages that I was sharing is that still leaves 40% of our population that is unreached and unengaged, not engaged in any form of church. 40% of mm-hmm. our population. Now there's a variety of reasons that they're not engaged. It could be just their work schedule. I mean, more and more people work on Sundays and we continue mm-hmm. to just offer worship on Sundays or small groups on Wednesday nights or whatever those traditionally um, church-minded things that we've done. Yeah, you know? Sunday's no longer a sacred day, is it? No. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in the Chick-fil-A drive through going, dang it! Yeah. It's Sunday. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right? You only want it on Sunday. That's when you want it the most, when you can't have it. But also, I God mean, there, there but... were so many people that, that I met through dinner church that would either say, would I be welcome in your church? And I would love to tell them they would, but I knew otherwise that oh, they would wow. get the strange looks and people would mm-hmm. avoid them and maybe they didn't smell good or mm-hmm. maybe they dressed differently or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are people that think that the church is not relevant to them whatsoever. So how do we meet them? You know, how do we meet them? We could hand out $100 bills and there's still people that wouldn't walk in. So I would say we, we started praying. We started praying for the workers for the fields. We started praying for our community and, and that God would connect us. And we started prayer walking our community oh. every every month, once a month. We prayer walked. We talked to people. That's part of the listening thing. We talked to people and asked how we could pray with and for them and talked to them about, um, you know, working toward a dinner church and what that would look like for the community. And so we got to know the neighbors. So the big part of dinner church, really, the the goal of it was connecting people to Christ. It really wasn't about the service, the food, the place. The end goal was that they would fall, fall in love with Jesus like Jesus has fall already in yes. love with him. And and I would say, you know, it's a twofer because this is how God's economy works, right? You know, whenever we think we're doing this grand, noble thing for Jesus, that it ends up being way more about us than it is about the people that we're supposedly doing it for, right? <laughs> oh, so, God forgive us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've experienced this. Anybody that's 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 been following Jesus for for any amount of time um, and putting themselves out there knows this to be true. That when we give ourselves away, we get so much more in return. Mm-hmm. And the team that I started the dinner church with, I had I watched them grow exponentially 
in their understanding of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ by stepping way outside their comfort zone, Mm -hmm. by engaging with people they never would have sat down at a table and shared a meal with before, Mm. um, by... But Heather, the American dream is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or in other words, to be comfortable. You're telling me that I need to be uncomfortable for God to use me? Amen. Yes. That's when we rely on God. Because (laughs) if we know, if we're comfortable, we know we can do it in our own power. Mm. If we do something outside of our comfort zone, things that we feel inadequate to do, um, incapable of, or that make us really uncomfortable, that's when we rely most on on the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And man, God will just knock your socks off. That's true. I, well, I, a lot of when it comes to leadership, uh, comfort is not a prerequisite, right? Ugh, it's not no. like if it's comfortable, then you'd be a leader. <laughs> it is the I believe that it is the yeah. epidemic of the Western world is comfort, the 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 pursuit of comfort. You know, the it, here's what's offensive: uh, the definition of hedonism is the pursuit of comfort and pleasure. Mm. That is by definition what the word hedonism means. So if we say, you know, are you a, hey, are you hedonistic? <laughs> of no. course not. Are you well, pursuing comfort? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but yeah, I, I haven't, you know, I would say that most of us want to be on the kind of the cruise ship of Christianity, mm. don't you? And not the battleship. Yeah, we look at the church like, you know, it says, what time's the buffet and when's the show and, right. and all The whole this. Me Church ridiculous video that went around for a couple of years, yeah, you know? So, but, <laughs> as, but as leaders, we're guilty of trying to appease and trying to make people comfortable and and all of that, real. But at the end of the day, that's not where God grows us. No, it's not where God grows us. And so you've you've uh, you're living proof of this. I mean, you said yes in yeah. a very uncomfortable and then way, put, and then put on your seatbelt. Yeah, yeah, and then put on your seatbelt. Put on your seatbelt, and it it. I wouldn't want anyone to think that it was you know it ha- or has been an easy journey or one that's been comfortable at all. Um, it's there has been spiritual warfare. Um, mm-hmm. Very overt and then um some that that has not been so much but um i think it begs the reason for for all of us to be praying for each other mm-hmm. um and for god's continued um covering and and leading and guiding and and uncomfortable situations and uncomfortable um places that god is is leading us well you know this is a Disciple Maker podcast, and we're always talking about, you know, leading groups of people and, um, you know, best practices in leading groups and making disciples and all this stuff. But what you're what you're doing is really on the cutting edge, I think, of reaching out into the world mm. and, uh, and, and showing them the love of God and, and trying to draw them in some capacity into a relationship uh, with Christ, no doubt about it. And you're doing great work. So... Here's the challenge Mm -hmm. I want you to give to people, okay? And that is, there are people listening. We have tens of people listening to this right now. and Tens of people? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and and so uh, some of them are, they go to church or they're leaders in their church, and they're looking for the next best thing. They're Mm -hmm. looking for the, uh, what's going to be the magic key or the magic pill that's going to cause this church to grow or Mm. or whatever. Um, And they're listening to you right now. And your story and this concept of of reaching the church uh, on the fringe, and they find their church on the fringe. What would you say to them? I would say, um, remember your our apostolic heritage that the that we're called to go. That we're called that there's a I can't remember if it's it's if it's Sproul or if it's Spurgeon that said every Christian's either a missionary or an imposter. 
Um, wow. Yeah, that we're called to to connect with. We're, we're all called to be cross-cultural missionaries. I mean, there is a certain culture that comes with being a Christian and being a part of the church, and we're called to go and be cross-cultural missionaries. And, you know, the first parts in the Fresh Expressions movement are listening and loving and serving, just like any missionary would go and try to understand the language of the natives and the, the customs and the rituals and mm. the, the culture that they're seeking to engage with the gospel. We, too, have to think about that even outside of the um, the walls of the church and in our everyday lives. I would say God has given you a sphere of influence all around you, um, and your life in Christ is meant to be fully integrated with all of the parts of your life, your work, Mm -hmm. your school, your neighborhood. And so, you know, all of those are opportunities for you to engage people in um in the good news of of the gospel and what that means in and through your life. No one can argue with your testimony. It's yours. Yeah. It's not a matter of apologetics. You don't have to know all of the things. You don't have to know how to to um to share every doctrine of the church, but you need to be able to tell the story of what God's done in your life mm-hmm. and how, you know, Martin and I are still married because, <laughs> because of Jesus. Because yeah, of because you. of Jesus. So I would tell them, you know, to remind them of their apostolic heritage and to not be comfortable mm-hmm. and to to look for where God is leading and guiding them and pray about how their spheres of influence might be leveraged for the kingdom. You know, Kevin Costner built a field of dreams and if you build it, they'll come. I remember that slogan, but it's not the way it's not working anymore. anymore. No, if you build a church on a corner, it doesn't mean it's going to be filled. It's about going. And maybe that's by God's design. Maybe it, God is, is drawing us into the deep this you way. You think about our rhythm, the rhythms of life that we have these days that are so different from mm-hmm. the ones that, that we even had as kids and certainly the ones that our parents had. Um, the rhythms are so different. Our society is so much more globalized. That's true. And so much more mobile. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I even think about the whole itinerant system in the Methodist Church. It used to be we would be moved around. People lived in the same five, same five square miles their whole life, and some never even left. But now, everybody that you know, society is so mobile yeah. um, that mm-hmm. it, it begs the the um, question as to whether or not pastors should be so mobile because mm-hmm. of the significance of the relationships and growing in trust and being able to have a voice into a community, into people's lives, and all of those things. It Absolutely. takes time. Well, I love the three principles that you gave us today, and that is listening, loving, and serving. Mm. That sounds like that works for a fresh expression. It sounds like it actually works uh, for a mom or for a dad or for a husband or a wife or just uh, just being a believer by listening, loving, and serving and mm. And then letting God do the work, That's right. the connection, right? Amen. Well, you are a joy. I'm so glad that we get to work together, and I'm so glad that everybody got to hear your story today. I know there's so much more we could share, there but we're is. out there's of time. There's so many good stories. Well, you'll have to come back okay. sometime. Okay. We'll have a, another a, another uh, several episodes with you. But um, if you're listening today, please go to 419disciplemakers.org. All kinds of free resources on there, articles, videos, uh, Uh, all kinds of stuff for you to use as you are discipling others. And we just want to encourage you today. God is on the move. Uh, It's a great time to be alive in the kingdom in this this, uh, era. And uh, you are being called out into the deep, just like Heather talked to us about listening, loving, and serving. So let us know how we can help you, better serve you. And in the meantime, God bless you. And Heather, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. God bless. For more information, check out our website, 
419disciplemakers.org. Join us again next week as we continue our conversation on the 419 Disciple Makers podcast.